There's been a lot that's been said about prosperity and prosperity preaching and prosperity preachers. Well, I'm going to be a prosperity preacher this morning, but hopefully I'll do it from a biblical perspective. I promise I will. But since we're talking about prosperity and finance, I'll mention that there was a pastor who told his congregation if anyone would give $1,000, he'd let it pick out three hymns. And uh, so there was a lady that raised her hand, said, I'll give $1,000. Pastor said, come on up, give me your hymns. And she, she came up to the front and she said, I'll take him and him and him. <laughs> All right. All right. So the, uh, the, the scripture that we've been using as our, uh, as our theme uh, for this comes from the book of Acts. And what we've really been trying to do is bring clarity to some things that there's been confusion about, things that have been misunderstood. And so we talked about the Holy Spirit in week one because there's been a lot of goofy things that have been done in the name of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is real and we want the Holy Spirit to be here and we're a spirit-filled and a spirit-led church. And we talked about means. We talked about praise and worship. Why is it that we come up here on Sunday morning and worship the way we do? Why is it that we get excited and we clap our hands and we raise our hands and we, and we get excited? In some ways, <coughs> our services seem more like Saturday afternoon football than, than what people think of Sunday morning church. But we talked about why that is and why we come joyfully into the house of the Lord and worship the way we do. And uh, then we talked about a very important subject, healing, uh, and that God still heals people today. And we, we, uh, we, we talked about that in the third week. And then we talked about a very misunderstood thing, and, and, uh, a, an area that, that really gets to put down. That's the area of fathering. And so we talked about a spiritual fatherhood last Sunday. We talked about becoming that dad, uh, aiming to be like the dad in the story of the prodigal son. But today we're going to focus on prosperity. And so Acts 2, 12 and 16, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun and said they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. So this was our our scripture to talk about things that are misunderstood. So prosperity, it's a word. Some of you you may just cringe when you hear the words. I just saw, uh, just a little over a week ago, in the Washington Post, there was a story about a televangelist who wants, uh, he's asking for money for a $54 million jet. A $54 million jet because the other three jets that he has are not adequate. So this would be the fourth jet uh, in his fleet. And the significance of this one and why he needs it, because it will go all the way around the world without having to stop for gas, which is really important. And uh, so that was an actual story uh, in the Washington Post. Uh, and uh, he said, if Jesus were to descend from heaven and physically set foot on the 20th century earth, he said the Redeemer would probably take a pass on riding on the back of a donkey. He'd be on an airplane preaching the gospel all over the world. And I wondered, is that true? 
And I wondered if that's true because Jesus, by the way, Jesus had, Jesus had more skills than whatever jet that this guy would have. Jesus could have done anything he wanted, gone anywhere he wanted, gone any way that he wanted, anywhere that he wanted. Instead, he chose to pour his life into 12 people, and one of them didn't work out so good. <laughs> he poured his life into 12. He did ride by donkey. Sometimes when the crowd got too big, he pared them down. And, 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 and I think it's very dangerous to speak for Jesus and say what Jesus would do if he was uh, in that situation today. But those kinds of things have put a taste, uh, a, a bad taste, in a lot of people's um, uh, minds about what all this, this, this thing prosperity is. And I, I, don't, I personally don't even like the word when it comes to church. But the Bible doesn't shy away from the word prosperity. So I want to talk about prosperity from a biblical perspective. The Hebrew word for prosperity, it's sa, and then you've got to sound like you're clearing your throat, lach. And it means to push forward. To push forward. To prosper means to push forward. Have you ever felt like you were doing what you could do, but somehow you were being pushed forward? That there was a, that there was a, a push at your back? That there was something that was propelling you that was beyond what your even own, own human <coughs> strength could do? That's what prosperity means. In Genesis chapter 26, verse 12 and 3, it says this, Then Isaac sowed in the land, he planted seed, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. Now, now when you plant a garden, you expect to return, but this was an unusual return. This was a, a hundredfold return that he got on it. And he reaped a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him, and the man began to prosper, and he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. He prospered, continued prospering, until he became very prosperous. He was being pushed forward. He was... He was getting more out of his return than, than naturally would have just come from him just being a good farmer. How many know that God can do, can take whatever you, whatever you do and he can do more with it than you could naturally do with your own talent? Amen? That's what prospering is. When you get that wind at your back. When the righteous prosper, Proverbs says, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. In other words, what he's saying there is that when the right people have the right things, people will benefit. We need to pray that the right people prosper. That, that the people will prosper who will use their prosperity not for their own greed, but to be a blessing to others. A generous person 
will prosper, Proverbs 11.25, and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That's a promise in the Bible that as we refresh others, that as we're generous, and generous, by the way, doesn't mean that you give a lot. Generosity has to do with with a willing heart. That if you have a willing heart, some of us don't have a lot to give, but we but we take what we have and we and we're generous with it. We're we're willing with it and we're 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 not stingy with it and we share it with others. Biblical prosperity means this as you're taking notes this morning in your worship God, having more than you need so that you can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. Having more than you need so that you can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. Now I need to share with you all that at Life Church we really believe, we really believe that uh, what we are doing is preparing for eternity. That our time that we spend here on this planet is infinitesimal uh, compared to the endless ages that we're going to spend with God in eternity. And so what we are doing on earth, we are leveraging our lives right now for something that's going to go on and on and on, and that is eternity. Life is short, and the vast majority of our time is going to be spent in eternity. And so God blesses us, as you're taking notes, to be a blessing. That when God blesses you, he does it to be a blessing. One of the right people in the Bible that was blessed was a man named Abraham. And God said to Abraham in the book of Genesis, I'm going to bless you, and I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And through you, Abraham, all of the families of the earth are going to be blessed. I'm going to bless you in such a way that you are going to be a conduit so that blessing is going to flow to the rest of the earth. Now, some people take that to say that, that, that the Jewish people are God's just uh, special people and they're blessed and the rest of us kind of are like plan B and all that. However... In Galatians, it says a wonderful promise. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Who's the Gentiles? Everyone who's not a Jew. That the blessing might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ so that by faith you might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. So the, so the, the blessing of Abraham when you became part of the body of Christ, has been promised to you. Hallelujah. That God's promise is to bless you and that he's going to bless those who bless you. And he's going to, he's not just going to bless you, but he's going to make you a blessing. Now, when we bless others, God takes care of our needs. How many, how many believe that? I, can I just say something? I would rather have God take care of me than me take care of me. I would rather have God take care of me than me take care of me. God does a better job taking care of me than I can take care of me. Luke chapter um, uh, 
18, 29, and 30. I guarantee this. Now listen to that word. I guarantee. This is a uh, guarantee. When you hear guarantee, you ought to sit up and take note. I guarantee. I guarantee it. Anyone who gives up anything for the kingdom of God will certainly receive many more times in this life and will receive eternal life in the next world to come. So the promise there, this any sacrifice that you make for the kingdom of God, it's not only for eternity. I'm going to bless you in this life many times, and I'm also going to bless you for eternity. Do you remember that scripture, Melanie, in our own lives? When, when Melanie and I first got married, I became an army chaplain, and I had to leave very early on in our marriage for several months to go to basic training and all of that. And, um, and that scripture sustained us when we were apart. We knew that we were making a short-term sacrifice for the kingdom of God, and we stood on the promise that everything that we're, everything that we're lacking right now, everything that we're missing right now, make up for us in this life and in the life to come. 1 Timothy 6, 17, command those who are rich in the present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in their wealth, which is uncertain, but to put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Don't trust in riches, but trust in him who richly provides. Don't trust in your, in your riches, but trust in the one who provides those riches, who richly provides for us. How many know that in America, we have been blessed? Some of you are thinking, this scripture doesn't apply to me. He's talking to rich people. If you make $45,000 a year in this country, you are in the top 1%. You are in the top 1% all over the world. And so you may, you may have come into the church feeling like you don't have anything, or what, and you say, well, I don't make that much, Pastor. Okay, sorry, you're in the top 2% uh, in the world. How many know that we've been blessed in this country? God's been very good to us, and, 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 he's, and he's showered down uh, blessings on us. Um, and so he commands us to, to not trust in our riches, but into, into uh, him who richly provides the more god blesses us as you're taking notes the more he expects us to bless others luke 12 48 says much is required from whom much has been given for their responsibility is greater one of our dreams at life church is that as we are blessed we want to continue to be a blessing to others. Our church doesn't exist just for us, but our church exists so that we can be a blessing to others. If somebody had told me uh, when we were moving to Knoxville, Tennessee, that things would have to get a lot worse before they got better, I'm not sure I would have come. And, 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 And I say that so glad that I'm here. So glad that I'm here. But how many know that if God showed you everything, you wouldn't always follow the plan? And I think that's why sometimes God just, it, it's, it's kind of like uh, koi kayaking in a river. When you kayak in a river, you only see up to the next bend. And then when you get to that bend, a whole new world opens up to you and you see the next bend. He only lets us see up to the next bend in the river. 
And uh, so when, when, we came to, uh, when we came to Life Church, um, um, things had to get worse before they got better. Now, our, our church grew, and we were growing, and new people were coming to the church. But uh, our church exists for, uh, we call it the nuns and the duns. You know what that means? The nuns, those are N-O-N-E-S, those are the people that have no spiritual background the unchurched, and the duns are the people who are done with church. The people who said, I've been there, I've done that, I've got the t-shirt. In other words, we, we exist for people who are underchurched and overchurched. So when people start coming in that kind of environment, they're not necessarily uh, trained in, in giving and all of that kind of stuff. So we were here and, uh, and things got, got difficult. We, um, uh, personally, we took, I think, three cuts in pay along the way, um, uh, just, to, just to make ends meet at the church. And I want to show you a graph that is really a powerful graph to the glory of God. In terms of the finances of the church, it got worse around September of last year. And this shows the debt that we were carrying at the church. The, our debt at the church, and, and, and in fact, when we went through difficult times, we actually went to a bank and we said, hey, we may need a line of credit just to get us through a, a difficult time here and use our, use our equity at our church here to get us through a tough time. And he said, you know what? By the time you do that, you might as well just use the cards that you have at the church and get you through the difficult time. And I'm thinking, banker, you got more faith than I got. You know, I'm thinking, wow, are we going to be able to make this and all that? But so in, times were, were a little bit tough. But from September of last year, you can see that our debt was at $17,000. That was, and that may seem small to some of you. If, you, if you're you know, a big church down the street, you, that may seem like nothing. That was big to us. And uh, so we went from 17000 and you can see a miracle that has really happened since September of last year, right now, where we're down to only having $2,000 of debt. Aren't you thankful for that? Thank the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. And, and, and honestly, you've been here. You've never heard me get up and make an appeal for money. You've never heard me say, hey, we're in desperate times, whatever. We've just been faithfully continuing. Haven't asked for money for the new jet airplane. None of that stuff, you know. Uh, but we're just, we've just been faithfully plowing, watching what God does now. The miracle gets even better because of the next chart. The next chart is our savings chart. Last September, we had the Dave Ramsey $1,000 in savings. You know, you, you, you keep a, a $1,000 emergency fund. We had a little bit better than that. But uh, watch what has happened. These are some different markers throughout the year, and I'll explain it to you. In December, we had a nice, we, we had a one-time gift. Someone gave $4,000. To, to do the lobby, uh, to redo the lobby. And so that's why it jumped to 5170. And then uh, just because of generous giving in January, it jumped to 7,000. Now when you see a decrease, that's when we actually did the lobby. So what happened was when we did the lobby, and this is really good news, we didn't even have to take $4,000 out to do the lobby. It cost 4,000, but just in the regular giving of people, we were able to take only a couple thousand of that out uh, from savings, and we were able to do the lobby, and then more giving 
in April and June, and we're now at $8,750. And, uh, and, and I, I just want to say, I feel some wind behind us. Pushed from behind, and I, and I know it seems small compared to you know millions that some some you know we're not raising fifty four million here, but for us this this is this is a miracle, and, and and I love what God's doing. Now here's what I want to share with you, and, I, and one of the reasons I think God has blessed us is that when we were in our most difficult times, when we took cuts and pay, we didn't cut our missionaries. We continued to take care of people all over the world. We, we continue to be... A, here's, here's our strategy for missions. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so what that means is you start in Jerusalem. You start locally. You start caring about the people around you. And so Water Angels is one of those ministries where we take care of people that are underserved. We provide, we provide clothing. We've provided food. We've provided preaching. We've provided worship uh, locally. And, and we're doing things like serve days to, to be a blessing in our community. But then he said Judea and Samaria. That's the surrounding areas. That, that's, that's really, in our, in our language, that's caring about your country. And so in America, how many know America needs Jesus? Do you know the number one strategy for winning lost people to Jesus is planting churches? Planting churches. More people get saved in church plants than anywhere else. And so one of our mission strategies, and during our most difficult times, we were giving $100 a month. Doesn't sound like a lot. But we were giving $100 a month, but we were doing it with lots of other folks. Let me tell you what we were able to do. Last year, we were able to help 120 churches be planted in the United States. Amen. Through the ark. And since ark's inception, they've planted 733 churches that we've gotten to be a part of. Ark called us recently just to say, how are you doing? Uh, how are your finances going and all of that? And, and they were so generous. They said, you know, if you need to decrease it, that's fine. You guys have been consistent, whatever. And uh, we made a decision. We actually doubled it. So now we're giving $200. We're giving $200 uh, a month uh, to the ark. Because as we are blessed, we want to continue to increase in our willingness to be a blessing. And, but then not only that, we have been also uh, supporting missionaries all over the world. The brackets in Thailand. We've been supporting Africa and, uh, and South America. And God has been good. And, 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 and so what, what, what does this do? It helps us, uh, by the way, the improvements that have been made along the way, the lobby, uh, just, uh, just uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, the whole children's area was painted and improvements have been done there. Uh, by the way, during this time, the entire exterior of the building was painted during that. Why are we doing all that? We're trying to make great first impressions on people that are going to hear a life-changing gospel that's going to change their lives. Amen? And, 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 and so can I just be really frank? One of the biggest areas that, we, that we're going to have to work on because it's probably the first impression people see is our, um, I call it our third world parking lot, all right? Uh, you know what I'm saying? 
and 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 that's because it's you know there's so many potholes and so many. So I just want to tell you, we are presently getting numbers on that right now. I want to say something. When we were going through some of our toughest times, we had people in our church that were writing checks for the parking lot. And they were doing it by faith. Not, not, not seeing the day when this would happen. But I'm, but I'm here to tell you, we're very close to being able to pull the trigger to get that parking lot fixed and ready and, uh, and all the patching done and new striping done and to, make, to be a great first impression on people when they're coming. So, so if you're coming to a church that you're expecting the savings account to continue to grow, 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 and grow, we're not that kind of church. There's a lot of dead churches today that have huge endowments at their church that they're basically living off of savings account from people that gave years and years ago. When you come to Life Church, the money's going to be moving. As, as, as people give, we're going to continue uh, to do improvements here, but we're going to continue to be a blessing. Amen? Amen? All over the world. Amen. So thank you for that, and I wanted to share with you that good news. Isn't that great news? Great news, amen. So, I am blessed. Can you just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm blessed? I'm blessed, amen. Psalms chapter 1. I learned this in the King James. I don't know if I can say it all, but blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and whatever he does shall prosper. The wicked are not so. They're like chaff that the wind uh, blows away. But whatever he does is going to prosper the Bible says. Whatever you put your hand to, the Bible says, you're going to be like a tree that's planted by waters and you're going to grow deep roots and God's going to... God's going to do, and by the way, I'm praying for every one of you that God just prospers you and blesses you. And can I just say on a personal note, we went through difficult uh, times financially at the church, which obviously affected Melanie and I. So immediately when, when, uh, when, when we did that, I went to, to look for a, another job. And, uh, and so now I, I Uber drive and I pastor and I teach, Chinese, I teach English to Chinese kids. Sometimes I feel like I'm teaching Chinese to English people, but I'm teaching English to Chinese kids. And, and, and I told a group the other, uh, a couple Wednesday nights, as our church is blessed and prospered and all that, I don't know that I ever want to give up doing some Uber driving. I don't know that I ever want to give up doing that because... God has used, most of my ministry I've been around church people. And this has got me around non-church people a lot. And as a result of it, we've got some folks that are coming to our church as a result. I'm having spiritual conversations every week. My latest one this week, I picked up a girl on campus. And uh, she was going to the airport with her mother. And uh, I struck up a conversation. And uh, she said, yes, I'm a grad student. I'm going to be starting in the fall. My mom and I were just looking for housing and all of that. Very nice young lady. And uh, I, I said, oh, really? She goes, yeah, I'm going to live up in North Knoxville. I'm thinking, ding, 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 ding. I'm living in North Knoxville. I said, really? I said, I pastor a church in North Knoxville on Merchants Road. She said, you're kidding me. My apartment's on Merchants Road. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're on Cedar Lane. She said, no, our apartment's on Cedar Lane, Windsor Court. She She's, she's moving into, into Windsor. I said, man, you could walk to my church. She goes, my dad's a preacher. 
her mom said, I believe this is providence. She said, we're, we're a Bible church. And all, all, but God's just using, God's using that, uh, and he's blessing me to be a blessing. And so in our personal lives, we've been working through some debt and everything, and we, Melanie and I had a goal for a particular debt we were trying to get rid of this year. We got rid of it in the, last, in the month of May. Uh, we, we were trying to get it done through the year. But there's been wind at our back. God's blessed us. He's prospered us. And, and, and uh, more than, more than w- when we did the numbers, we thought we could do it by late in the year. God got a hold of it, and he put wind on our back, and he prospered us and blessed us. Amen? It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful principle. So I'm blessed. I'm blessed, one, as I put God's first. The first commandment, there's ten commandments, but the first commandment is to put God first. It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Our God's a jealous God. He doesn't want to share the platform with anyone. God just thinks he's God. And he wants us to revere him as God and to put God first. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of your crops. Then your barns will be filled with overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. God doesn't want you to take everything that you have and and give it, but he wants you to honor him with the first that he gives you. Why is it important that we do it first? Number one, because God says, I'm first. And, and when I'm first, if, you, if you'll put me first and you'll, if you'll give me the first, I, I think first is even more important than the percentage that I, that I put God first in my life. And so as I give to God first, do you think God's going to sit back and not bless you if you put him first in your life? As we put God first in your life, you'll feel that wind at your back. And you'll feel that pushing forward and God blesses us. So, So, as we put him first. Number two, as I maintain my integrity. So it's not just giving in the offering and living however I want to, but but God, let my life, let my life be a reflection of my honor of you. I want to honor you in the way that I live my life. For the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who, whose walk is blameless, whose walk is blameless. God, I want to honor you with my integrity. I want to, uh, the, the most important thing to me, church, is, is that, that when I preach to others, I would not myself be a castaway. That, that I would be honorable in the way that I, that I treat my wife and that I treat my family and that I treat our congregation and that I, I treat other people. It's important that we maintain our integrity, Amen. This earth, this earth will try to steal our attention. The news tells me what I need to be thinking about. The news, no matter what your news outlet is, will try to distract you and tell you what you think, what should be important in your life. And it gets everybody riled up on social media and everyone has an opinion and everyone starts fighting with each other and the devil has a party when that happens because what we should be thinking about first is the kingdom of God. If you follow me on social media, you'll just find I haven't been that active lately. And that's been very intentional. 
I'll tell people what's coming up in church, and I'll show them a little picture of a fox I just saw in my neighborhood and all that, but I'm not going to get distracted with what this world is distracted at right now. Amen. That's good preaching, whether you like it or not. That's good preaching this morning. It's really important because the devil will try to twist us around, distract us, make us mad, get us all, get us all tied up about everything except what's most important. I'm blessed as I give generously. Once again, that's not about the amount that you give, but that I, that I give with a generous and a willing heart. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, with the measure you use, that's the measure that God's going to pour it back on you. And then finally, it's going, uh, I'm blessed as I stay dependent on God. One of the prayers, and I, and I used the scripture already earlier, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. One of the prayers that uh, was really brought to our attention several years ago with a book, most people missed this book in this, this, this uh, section of the Bible because it's in a little section of, of genealogies, just names, a list of names. But there's one significant name that was mentioned, and, and a guy wrote a book about it, and his name was Jabez. How many have heard of the book, The Prayer of Jabez? The Prayer of Jabez. The Prayer of Jabez says this, There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. So here's this guy whose even his name meant pain. But he prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, oh that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from trouble and pain. And I love the, the little line, And God granted his request. And God granted his request. I'm going to ask Mary if you'd come and the worship team. I just want to pray this morning that God would bless you. We, we say it lightly. God bless you. God bless you. You know what we're saying when we say that? We're saying, may the favor of God and the hand of God do more with you than you could do yourselves. May you experience prosperity in the best sense of the world. word. May you be blessed. May you be blessed so that you can be a blessing. May you be one of those right people that are blessed because when the right people are blessed, everyone will be blessed. Amen. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer right now and you may be here and say, Pastor, I just, I've never personally just fully given my life to the Lord. And I want to be a part of that Abraham's blessing that God will bless me and bless those who bless me. And the Bible says that when we 
that when we receive Christ and we come to him by faith, we become part of Abraham's family, the family of God. So with every head bowed and every eye closed today, if you're here today and you just say, Pastor, that's me, and today I want to give my life to Jesus Christ, would you raise your hand in this building? Today I'm going to pray a blessing over us. If, if, If you would just... Say like Jabez, I just pray this morning, God, would you bless me? Would you raise your hand all over this building? God, would you bless me? Would you bless my family? Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we just pray for your people right now that you would bless them. We pray, Lord God, that you would help us to walk in integrity. Help us to put you first, Lord. Help us, God, to not be stingy with what you give but as a congregation and as individuals Lord help us to be generous and to be a blessing and I pray that through this church God through this church hundreds and thousands of people are going to be blessed because you blessed us in Jesus name amen